you should move into a neighborhood. Like sometimes today, Muslims who live in non-Muslim countries, they think like that, but okay, maybe if I move to a community or neighborhood where there's a stronger Muslim community, I move into the neighborhood of the masjid, then my iman will become stronger. So clearly in the time of the Ashab al-Kahf, there was no such neighborhood like that. Their entire society had become different from Allah Sallam. And the second thing that a person does is hijra. But okay, if there's no neighborhood, no community in my area, then let me move to a different area, different country, different city, different place, so that I can find people in being. So apparently at that time there was no place that they knew of. Otherwise they would have moved there. You can imagine then the state of humanity at that time, that there were these young men who wanted to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who wanted to get away from all of those things that were displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa and they couldn't find any single neighborhood in their own area. They couldn't find any other neighborhood area in their city. They couldn't find any other place on earth to go to. So the only choice left to them was to escape, and so they climbed up and went inside a cave. Now, when we look at the situation of humanity today, it seems to be exactly the same. Where are those great Muslim communities, those great awliya, ulama? Where are those places? They're very few and far in between. Even today, the person says, okay, I want to make a move. They don't know where to go. I want to start searching. They don't even know where to begin. And the escape is even more difficult today because the way the world is, there's no cave left because of globalization, information. There's no escaping the fitness that is around us. So really, when we look at humanity, it looks as if humanity is even worse off than other times in history when Allah Ta'ala would send the Prophet. In fact, it looks as if Humanity never even had such people. But the Nauzubillah, I'm not saying this as a Naqidah, what I'm trying to say is that humanity has become so distant from Allah Taala, it seems it's, it's erased all traces of the effect of the Anbiya on them. For example, if you go to America, no doubt there are some places in the Bible Belt where there is a certain type of Christianity. But it's not the Christianity of Nabi Sallallahu it's as if humanity has erased all effects of his walking this earth. You see, these Anbiya, were incredible people. Just their company, their legacy, their memories, their teachings have a transformative effect on human beings. But you can erase so much. Just like that, if you go to the modern state of Israel, no doubt they will claim that they're Jews, but they're not like Nabi Musa Islam. So it seems that humanity has become so distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that even though Anbiya used to walk amongst their midst, Sahabakram used to walk amongst their midst, they have still chosen to become so distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if they've erased all these traces. Now, it's not just true for humanity, the more shocking thing if it's true for our Ummah, Ummatul Mustafa Sallallahu When you look at the state and condition and behavior, spiritual state, I'm not talking about political condition. Let me make this clear also. If 
any one of us was really able to understand and perceive the spiritual state of this Ummah, we would realize that the spiritual state is infinitely more worse than the political state. These are temporary tests that Allah Ta'ala sends on the Ummah from this century. There are many tests, whether it's Palestine or Kashmir or Bosnia or etc. But the greatest test the Ummah is in right now is not, even though no doubt those are very tragic incidents and tragic events that are still going on today. But the greatest test is the spiritual crisis that the Ummah is facing. Let's put it another way. The number of Muslims in the Ummah, the number of times they sin in a day, the number of times they displease Allah in a day, the number of times they betray Allah in a day, the number of times they disloyal to the Sunnah of Nabi Akareen, Sunnah of Allah in one day, that is infinitely more than the number of Muslims who are murdered in a day, or the number of Muslims who are oppressed in a day, or the number of Muslims who are harmed in a day. So the spiritual crisis is much more. And the spiritual, any particular conflict has been going on for decades, but the spiritual crisis has been going on for centuries. There are some places in the Muslim Ummah which, alhamdulillah, are free of war and strife and division. There is no place in the Muslim Ummah which is free from the spiritual crisis. In fact, probably every country, every city, every neighborhood, every street, and with Barring extremely rare exceptions, every household, every home, every family has some member, one or more, who is struck with the spiritual disease. Being distant from Allah SWT and being overly connected to Allah to something other than Allah SWT. That's also important. It's not just that we are distant from Allah SWT, we're overly attached and overly connected to things that are distant to Allah SWT. And this is widespread. This is also a zulm. This is why Allah SWT uses this term in Quran. That those who do zulm on their own selves, Allah Antusihim, that's a greater zulm. That definition of zulm, oppression, and injustice that Allah is using in the Quran for sin and disobedience, that amount of that zulm is staggering far dwarfs the political and territorial and economic and other zones that may be being done in Allah. And the worst part is this spiritual zone is being done by our own selves to our own selves. Allah unto him. By our own selves to our own selves. So the greatest zalim, the greatest unjust oppressor are the Muslims themselves to their own selves, spiritually speaking. That all of this is simply due to a lack of a'mal. That we don't practice deen. It's not due to lack of ilm. No doubt we may say that we may not have ulama today, the likes of Imam Unisa, Imam Shafi, Imam Bukhari, Allah. But we have enough ulama, enough libraries, enough books for hidayah. There's enough ilm still in the ummah that would be sufficient to bring about the hidayah of the ummah. In fact, there's enough ilm in the ummah to bring about the hidayah of insan. But what the ummahs lack is a'mal. We don't have amal, we don't have acts, we don't have actions, we don't have deeds, we don't have practice, we don't have adab, akhlaat, manners, we don't have sifat, we don't have characteristics, we don't have dynamism, we don't have worship. 
whether it's in Hukuka Law or Hukuka Yabad, we are sorely lacking in Atman. And there's no nothing that can fix this condition until and unless we come to Tlatamun. In fact, what I was saying earlier about the rest of humanity, that it seems that they've wiped away all traces and effects of all of the prophets, Alayna Salaam's mind who walk the face of this earth, many times our Ummah is no better. And sometimes it seems that we've also wiped away the traces of the effects of the great Oliya and Ulama and the Prophet Ummah. We've wiped away the traces of the effects of the Sabeen, Tabai Sabeen. We've wiped away the effects of the Sabi Quran, Nabi Allah Ta'ala Anamun's mind. And an onlooker, he may not even believe that this is a community, this is a religion, this is an Ummah that had so many hundreds and thousands of great Salaheen, Siddiqeen, Mustaqeen people. If you look at them now, they're in a shambles. It doesn't appear that they have a history of such Muhsineen and Muttaqeen and Sadiqeen in them. They seem to erase that legacy and have disconnected themselves from that tradition and have moved far beyond. And the reason is that they're over-connected. Everyone is so connected to their material life, to their career, to their profession, to their passion, to sports, to TV, to music, to movies, to novels, to recreation, to hobbies, to news, to fashion, to cars, to culture, to society. The more and more we are connected to Allah, anything other than Allah, the less connection we will feel to Allah. And again, that was exactly the condition that humanity would be in when Allah Ta'ala would send Anbiya to them. So the first thing the Anbiya had to do was to disconnect them from all those other things. And then the second thing was to teach them the basic Imam, oneness of Allah Ta'ala. And then after that, and that didn't take so long. You know, when you look in the Quran Kareem and the Sunnah of Nabiya Kareem, Sunnah of Sunnah, in the early Makkan Surah, there's no doubt a very strong, forceful, explanation of Tawheed and of the Day of Judgment. But then after that, all of the rest, much of the rest of Revelation and the Sunnah of the Yaqeen, Sunnah of is trying to bring people to Amul. So the Imam part was done very quickly for Sahaba, partly because of their love for the Yaqeen, Sunnah of the very quickly, very quickly got Yaqeen in terms of their Imam. But then all of the effort was to become a person of Amul. Even like us and many of our listeners who are born in Muslim families, we have yakin in these things. It's not like somebody not sure about but that's a separate group, no doubt there may be some people, especially those who are overly educated in philosophy and science and became skeptical. They may not have yakin in Allah Swantana or Day of Judgment. But there's the vast majority of this Ummah has yakin in their iman. They absolutely believe 100% that Allah exists. They absolutely believe that there will be life after death. They absolutely believe that there will be rays on the day of judgment. They absolutely believe that they will be prevented in front of Allah Taala. But that yakin doesn't change them. It doesn't cause them to do any amal. In fact, those Muslims who are struggling, who are shaky, who don't have yakin, this is the question they have for those who have yakin. And they say that, well, look, you believe in these things. It doesn't seem to change you at all. It hasn't seemed to change your practice. It hasn't seemed to change your behavior. It hasn't seemed to make you a better citizen. It doesn't seem to make you a better person. And you say, and you believe these things are certainty. So 
what's the point? Why should I even want this yakin that you have? And this yakin that you have hasn't even helped you or changed you in any way. That's how bad the situation is. So this is the problem. And this is the big predicament. What to do about this problem? But we have yakin and the imaniyat. We have yakin and tawheed and risala and qiyamah and rabdim and in all of that which is to come in the hereafter, but it still hasn't affected us. It doesn't change the way we are. It doesn't change what we do. It doesn't change our behavior. It doesn't change our amal. Now, one way that this used to, one solution to this, that people used to practice historically in the Oman, people practice today also, is, okay, let me connect myself to a person with amal. So, for example, if a person goes in the Jamaat of the belief, no doubt, there are many people who do that with the Niyah of Dawah, but there are many also who do it just for themselves, just to make themselves a personal Amal. But look, I have no Amal, I have no inclination to practice. I believe that I'm not able to put those beliefs into practice in my life. So let me go and spend time with the people of Amal and Amal, and then, inshallah, by connecting myself with them, I'll become a personal Amal. Then there were people who used to connect themselves to Mashiach through the season. And this is the real, true benefit of having awliyaullah and this ummah, that a person could go and spend time with them and hoping that their amal would rub off, would be contagious, that their amal and amal and practice on deen. And by amal, I'm not just talking about ibadah or acts of worship. It means the whole lived life. To live an entire life on being, that's called amal. Amal doesn't mean isolated acts or momentary moments of worship. It's to live one's whole life on being. So the only Allah, the people who live their entire life on being, the person who spends some time with them, hope it will rub off. But these days it's very hard to find such efforts and such people who truly have their whole life on being. And one reason that we, one mistake that we make is we are stuck on this issue that there is something called dunya and something called deen and I have to do both, I have to balance both. That's actually incorrect. There is only one thing for us that's deen. The only reason we were created is for deen. The only purpose of our life is deen. It's not that deen and dunya are both purpose of our life. Dunya is just where we live our life. It's not the purpose of our life. It's like if a person is a student, so the purpose is their studies. The place where they do their studies, that's called the classroom. So to say, I want to balance my classroom and my studies. They say, what are you talking about? The study. They say, no, no, I need to balance my classroom and my studies. So dunya is just the place. And the only three things that a person has to do in the dunya. Number one, a person has to eat. Number two, in order to eat, they have to earn and number three, in order to earn, they need to sleep. Because if they're not well-rested, they won't be able to work. If they don't work, they won't be able to eat. So eating, working, and sleeping. These are the only three things that are called dunya. Everything else about a person's life should be deen. And by deen, again, we're not just talking about that. Everything is deen. Deen means to do, to live for the sake of Allah SWT. And until and unless we make that our niyyah, our intention, our mission, 
our goal, even if we don't have any ability, but until we realize that that's why I'm here, that's why I exist, we'll never become a person of Amun. If a person just says, if a person just prays Fajr, he says, okay, look, I need to pray. Sometimes I'll miss it. But if a person says, no, Fajr is it's who I am and what I do. It's being. It's all that I am. I'm nothing other than this. There's no other aspect to my existence except for this. When a person has that outlook, then they don't miss Fajr. So that's, that's what I mean by being. Even these three things that I mentioned, eating and earning to eat and then sleeping to earn, so eating, earning, sleeping, even the being teaches us how to do that. In terms of eating, there's halal, there's sayyid, not to overeat, to eat by viewing our siha, our health is an amana from Allah Subhanahu Even our being governs that, our earning our being governs that, that you have to earn in the halal, in a proper way, without fraud, without deception, without oppression of the poor, without creating severe income disparities, without creating a society of haves and have-nots, without charging astronomical illegitimate profits that create such income disparities. These are all teachings of being. What does it mean? It's not just about akam or laws or masail or rulings. It's about living for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, living in a way that's pleasing to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, earning in a manner that is pleasing to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And even our sleeping, the third thing, being mentioned, not to sleep too much, how to sleep, with what niya and dua a person should sleep, with what dua and niya a person should rise, that there's more barakah than sleeping at the night, that it's sunnah to take a short nap during the day. So even in our deen, there are hidayah, there's guidance for the basic three functions of dunya, which is eating, earning, and sleeping. Beyond that, there's nothing in the dunya. There's no role we have in dunya except pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Except pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's only when a person goes all out and makes that the purpose of their life, then they will become a person of Amal. Otherwise, it's not possible. So what happens is the people, okay, they, you know, they do some Amal, sometimes, as an example, important to mention, that Allah Ta'ala, you know, sometimes the person does some Amal, like in Ramadan, or in Hajj, or Umrah, so yes, Allah Ta'ala has, under this rahmat mercy, put such blessed nur in certain times and places to give us a jump start. So one of them is coming right now, as all of you should know, that the first ten days of Zulhijjah, Sayyidina Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, an authentic hadith, that the acts, a'mal, the acts, actions, deeds, submissions that are done to Allah Subhanahu in these ten days are most beloved to Allah Subhanahu most beloved. Now, I don't know in which places the world the moon was sighted tonight. In some places, mashallah, there was an eclipse in which apparently it's not possible to see the moon. Either way, for some places it would start tonight, for others tomorrow night, within the first ten days and nights of the Hijjah will begin. This is a golden opportunity. And note that it includes the tenth, which means the day of Eid and the night before Eid. And you would remember the hadith about the nights before the Eids are also special nights in the regard of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is another opportunity for us to become people of A'mal. 
or as I continue the topic, I wanted to mention this. We should be very, try our best. That a person should try to spend the 10 days of the Hijjah the same way the, the, the first 10 days of the Hijjah, the same way they spent the last 10 nights of Ramadan. The last 10 nights, and the person is searching for the other person may be sitting in its house. So this is another blessed opportunity Allah Santa has given us. And again, why? Because it's that person's feeling. This is Allah's mercy. Because what should be happening is all of us should be feeling that we wanted to go on Hajj. For those of, those of us who couldn't go, we feel sad. And we feel that, you know, Allah Santa is going to be such a grand assembly of the sinners and grand assembly of your lovers and Al-Mina and Arafah and Zabasah and Makkumakarama. And yet, I I needed, I mean, I maybe I needed that more even than the people who were going. I'm more needy. But I'm mahroom, I'm deprived of fear, I didn't get the feet to go. So then Allah Allah of mercy said, okay, you work hard in these first 10 days of the Midday, wherever you may be. Whatever acts you do, they will be the most beloved to Allah Sultan. But they have to be our feelings. It all comes from the feeling of need. Need for Allah of mercy and forgiveness. That causes the need to go on Hajj. When a person is not able to go on Hajj, still they need to find some way to fulfill that need of life changing. And Allah Ta'ala puts that power and potency and potential in these first 10 days of the lecture. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala gives us these opportunities where we can transform ourselves and make ourselves a person of Allah. So sometimes there are some places like that. Sometimes there are times like that. Places like Adaman Shadikain, times like the Jinnabam, like I said, Sometimes your people like that, whether a person goes to Sheikh or Ulama or Tabriq. And there's another interesting thing. I would also comment on this. That, you know, when it comes to our dunya, we, we accept and acknowledge and we even celebrate that we have to learn from one another. That people say, oh, you know, I want to work at a place where it's a good workplace environment. Where I have colleagues who can challenge me. I want professors who can challenge me. I want fellow students who can challenge me. Why? Because there's synergy and there's dynamism. But when it comes to being, if somebody offers them the same thing, but okay, you should join Tarika, Tulsala, Khanka, you should join Madrasa, Dalum, you should go with the people on Tablik and Jamaa, you should join some collective group because you will get the same thing. Synergy, dynamism, you will get motivated, inspiration, you will be uplifted collectively. You say, no, 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 this is, this is all group ideology, this is herd behavior, this is self mentality. So why didn't you say that about your workplace? Or the person who's more intelligent, more rational, that you to say, no, being should come from within. Being should have come just from me. It should not be the case that I get inspired by anyone or motivated by anyone. So why didn't you say that about your dunya and work in a workplace that is not stimulating? I have colleagues who aren't interested, drop these terms, synergy and dynamism. So when it comes to dunya, we realize that. And in fact, that's one of the ways the West is so dominant in the world is through their collective organization and management and bringing the best out of people by organizing them collectively in departments with hierarchies and management structures and creating those workplaces of dynamism, synergy to create productivity. So it's the same thing in being our looms and our hunters and all the collective efforts of being with the same thing. So one should not try to do it alone. And it's not 
easy to do it alone. But no doubt, no doubt, Amal ultimately must be done by a person individually. And that's something to, to get back to what we were talking about, is lacking of our A'mal. The reason our A'mal are lacking is two. Number one is that because we don't have this niya to go all the way with Allah SWT. And that's what our deen means, the family to submit entirely to Allah SWT. To submit my life, my family, my wealth, my heart, my soul, my body, my mind. Everything is for Allah SWT. Until a person has that niya, that intention, that irada, that desire, that plan, they'll never ever be able to become a person of amal. They won't be able to do it. And they get so and caught in so many other things in this world. If a person makes that media, then they have to have a second thing which is self-discipline, self-motivation. You know, it's very easy to motivate and inspire others. It's much more difficult to motivate and inspire yourself. But there's some things in being that can only be attained through the effort of the individual themselves. It's not enough for he or she to, to be motivated or inspired. Yes, our ulama, mashayikh, gatherings, the Greek, all of that already creates the motivation, inspiration, synergy. All of that is there. But ultimately, ultimately Ramadan will end. Ultimately, company of the shaykh will end. Ultimately, you will come back from Jamaah. Ultimately, you will graduate from Dalgum. Ultimately, you will end up back in your own individual life as your own individual self. So there has to be some drive inside you, yourself, to do amal, to do ibadat, to be a person of akhlaq and adab. It's not just enough, for example, example, I give a fadr, I give another example, it's not just enough to say, I'll speak the truth. I want to be true. I want to be a person of truth, a sadiq, a siddiq, and I want to be like that for the sake of Allah SWT. Why? Because I know that Allah Ta'ala, I'm living my whole life in front of you. You are Al-Aleem, Al-Khabir, Al-Basir. You are the all-knowing and all-aware and the ever-gazing. That's the feeling a person should have. I'm living my life out in front of Allah Ta'ala. I'm always under His knowledge and His gaze and His awareness. And that's what changes a person. That's what, that's what Amal Amal, again, doesn't just mean individual acts. The whole life, the way we live our life, how we conceive of life, the value we give or we don't give to things in this world, all of that is Amal, all of that is Amal, all this practice. The practiced life, the lived life of being. So that comes about when a person remembers Allah SWT. When a person does it for the sake of Allah SWT. When a person wants to give their life to please Allah SWT. So then when they have a meal like that, then they don't have these diversions, these passions. Somebody's passionate about TV, somebody's in music, somebody's in movies, somebody's in novels, somebody's in sports. So many things. Surfing about this and surfing about that. So these things become devoid of attraction to a person. And their mission in life is that they only want to please Allah SWT. And that becomes an overriding feeling. And this is what the Sahabah Quran had, they had this mission of submission, and second, they had that self-motivation. They had that individual drive. 
the concept of Khilafah or Siyasa, actually every individual believer has to stop doing that zulm, stop sinning against themselves, stop harming themselves to sinning against Allah Ta'ala, stop oppressing themselves by betraying the sin of Nabiya Kareem, sin of Allah Sallam, stop doing zulm on themselves by letting themselves become overly attached to things in this world. The only solution to stop the zulm is by doing amal. Yes, and as each and every individual believer practices the practice, practice live life on being, escapes from that zulm, then the barakah of that, Allah Ta'ala will remove the lesser zulms from the Ummah. But until we remove the greatest zulm, the spiritual zulm, then there's no hope that we can have that Allah Ta'ala will remove the lesser zulms from the Ummah. So this is why the Mashaikh and Ulama always trust on Amr. And this is the true path of Tazkiyah, that a person has the greatest concern about their practice and to what extent their life is lived according to Deen. We make the Rata of Allah Ta'ala should bring each and every one of us always and ever onto Amal of Deen. And we want every ilm to lead to Amal, every hal to lead to Amal, every dawah to lead to Amal, every khidma to lead to Amal, every Ramadan to lead to Amal. And we want to try, inshallah ta'ala, with only Allah Ta'ala's help and tawfiq, that we should try to spend these coming ten days and nights in Zimbabwe, trying to do more ibadat, more dawah, more khidmah, more ilm, trying to fix our hukuk al-abad, hukuk Allah, trying to forgive one another, trying to love one another for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Yes, Allah Ta'ala accepts all the hajj of all the hujjidad who have set forth and will set forth in the season, and we ask that all of those who are unable, to, all of us who are unable to make them this year, that we will accept these ten days and nights of the Hijjah and get the tawfiq and accept a'mal in them, that they change our life, they transform our life, and then we will bring each and every one of us come to Deen. Fa'afir da'wana. And alhamdulillahi. Zambin amin.